Welcome online, all of you watching. Welcome uh, all these different campuses. It's an honor to be here. Would you say with me, I like giving. All right, now turn to your neighbor and say, yes, you do. Okay. <laughs> All right, you can be seated. We're going to have some fun this morning talking about the generous life. You know, we were created in God's image, and he's the most generous being. So it's inside all of us. I'll tell you, I have been uh, so impressed learning about the good deeds from the Rock Church. And it's not just limited here in San Diego, the 100 plus ministries that you have, the online evangelism, all the different campuses, the prison outreach, it's extraordinary. And I know you know this, but I've got to bring a report about Pastor Miles. I, A, I don't know where he gets all of his energy, but wherever I go across the country, I hear people say, man, that guy's impacted my life, the things that are happening in San Diego. And so you're blessed, you know that, but hey, let's give it up for Pastor Miles. So good. Yeah. So I have been studying the generous life for nearly... 13 years, learned so many insights along the way and could talk to you about it for days and it's a fun subject, but the next 35 minutes, we're going to share three things that I've discovered that will help you. You can put them into practice today, this week, next month. Uh, but before we do that, I want to bring you back. I was a little kid, four or five years old. My grandpa had a bakery and grandpa would make a small batch of bread on Saturday morning and then we'd slice it up and get that toasted and fresh jam. You're already with me, that's, that's, I could smell that fresh bread. And so, you know, life's pretty good, but then I turn 11 and he says, Bradley, I'm you know, gonna pick you up, take you to my bakery and we're gonna make 16 more special loaves of bread. And I'm thinking, this is just good. It's Saturday morning, Brad, Brad, Grandpa, good time. But those 16 loaves came out of the oven and they cooled down and they went straight into his trunk. And away we went to our first stop where we came to a widow that he had met from church and he gave her some kind and affirming words. He was modeling generosity of words. And the next stop, it's two more loaves of bread that come out and this time it's a white envelope with the two loaves and a financial gift and he's modeling generosity of money. And the third stop, I'm thinking, we need to pull the car over and slice a little bread. But no, that wasn't this Saturday morning. And this time it was a letter of recommendation along with two more loaves of bread. And as the morning went on, he modeled generosity of time and, and attention and the way he should share his stuff. So he wrote them out in the bulletin. They're so important. We talk about the seven ways to the generous life. Being generous with our thoughts. Are we generous with our thoughts towards other people? Do we give the benefit of the doubt? Are we generous with thoughts towards ourselves? right? We love our neighbor as ourself, but how are we thinking of ourselves? We're created in God's image. Generosity of words. Are we building people up or tearing people down? Generous with our money. Oh, that's a big one because every time I give money, it softens my heart. I become more like Jesus and I grow in my trust of the Lord. And then generosity of influence. 
What a powerful one. I wouldn't be where I am today if certain people hadn't helped me. You know, we all have our sphere of influence of people we can help and give in that way. And then generosity of time. All the different programs that you have here, the Do Something Conference next, next month or in May, opportunities to give of your time. And then giving of our attention. Man, this is a big one. I don't know about you, but I carry around about six ounces of plastic, glass, and technology called a phone. And uh, I know none of you have ever done this, but I was out for dinner the other night with my wife at a nice restaurant, and I was observing how everybody else was looking at their phone until I realized I was looking at my phone. And I thought, this is the dumbest thing in the world. This is, I'm supposed to talk about generosity and I'm this attention generosity thing. It's like the phone is the anti-attention. And yet think about this. We know how we feel when we're fully present with someone and they make us feel like we're fully with them. I mean, I was at a little gathering the other night and I was talking to this friend, but I kept looking over his shoulder at somebody else that I was thinking who I wanted to talk to next. I know none of you have ever done that. I'm just trying to be real with you. That was awful. I'm like, dingling, get it. What are you doing? We can be generous with our attention. I would submit a powerful way for us to be. And then generous with the way we share our stuff. That's a big one. We all have things that we can daily, weekly, monthly share with someone else to help them get what they, what they need to cover. So would you join me in an opening prayer as we just bring this message to the Lord, the scripture and our, these seven ways as we talk about them this morning. Lord, we love you. We thank you for making us in your image. We thank you for putting this inside of us. Would you reveal to us which area, which areas these seven ways you would like us to grow in, that you'd like us to be stretched, We trust you. We ask you, Holy Spirit, to reveal that in Jesus' name. Amen. So then I went into business in college, right out of college, started a business, did that for almost 20 years, and really built the company with taking these seven principles into it. And then I was on a run one day, and I really felt like the Lord said, I want you to encourage people in their giving and in the generous life. And so I ended up selling that uh, business and beginning to just create content to help people live generously. Today, now I get to work with companies and help just bring the seven principles and establish those in the business. Because we know that when we live like this at work, it goes home. We know that it changes the way we interact with our customers. It's a powerful, powerful thing. So that's what I do today. And I get to come to some amazing churches across America and just talk about this life that's truly life. So the first thing I wanna share with you that I've learned is the idea of awareness. We have to become aware of opportunities that are right around us. And there's a passage in Galatians that I'm going to read from, Galatians 5, I'm sorry, Galatians 6, and it says, therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people. And I love that because the opportunities are all around us, but I would submit we have to get our antenna working, right? We have to have that antenna up and we're looking and listening for opportunities. I know here... 
Pastor Miles was telling me that the all-in campaign has been super successful, but almost $300,000 away from finishing that, or there's an opportunity to move the San Ysidro campus to a permanent place. But there's just this opportunity as we become aware. We get to give. As I've studied that passage, I've looked at that word opportunity and the word privilege comes up over and over again. Now, could I give you the gift of perspective today that perhaps we would see the generous life and giving as a privilege of something we get to do? What, what a change that is. So powerful. So, you know, our family, we were sitting around the kitchen table one day and I was reading the newspaper back when people read those. And there was a, our kids were there, 10, seven, and two. And so I thought, this is interesting. I'm gonna read this article to them. And it was about a Sudanese father and son who were firebombed out of their village. And then they ended up um, going to a, a town in Michigan and uh, they had clothes on their back and someone had given them two bikes. The bike was how dad got to work and the bike was the son's main toy. And as I read further, I realized some people stole their bikes. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me after all they've been through. So I said, what should we do after I finished the article? And my son's like, we got to go get them bikes. And I'm like, you're right. We got to go get them bikes. So we went off to the bike store in the minivan, loaded them into the back, pulled up to that first intersection. And my wife looked over and said, where do they live, idea guy? <laughs> oh, no, they don't put the address in the newspaper. Now, <clears throat> this is where I need to fill you in on my family life, I married somebody opposite of me. Any, any of you have done that? So it makes for interesting generosity adventures because I'm the idea activator guy and she's the planner. So she would have had the address and the time that they would be home and everything else. But now we're in the back of a car, my daughter's throwing Cheerios everywhere. We've got, we're getting fumigated by the tires in the close spot. So, four hours later of a goose chase, and then we find them. And we pulled those bikes out of the back of the van, and he says, I like bike, I like bike, as he jumps on his bike and starts riding it down the road because of his language barrier. And we got back in the car, and my wife said, you know, we had our antenna working. I think God had an assignment for us today. It was just one of those moments where we're like, yeah, we kept thinking there were gonna be a lot of bikes in the front yard and there, there weren't any. And then I must have told my buddy Scott the I like bike story because I get a text one day, I like cavities. Rather strange text, particularly because I'm not a dentist. So, I call him up, well, what are you talking about? He said, well, you remember the I like bike story? I was at the dentist's office. I overheard a single mom say $926. I, I can't do it. Can I make payments? And he said, you know me, I'm introverted. I, I'm not sure I like people. But he said, I just felt like this was my chance. I got to step in. So he jumped up and he said, ma'am, would you forgive me for eavesdropping? I, I just want to take care of this. And he handed the cashier his credit card. When I'm with Dave Ramsey, I say debit card. He likes that more. <laughs> and, and tears began to flow down this lady's face. You see, he recognized the, the power of 
bearing another person's burden. Yet he started out giving small amounts to his church and, and then he, you know, moved on to giving more and then he just said, this uncovered a new way for me to give. So the first thing I've insight that I want to bring to you today is the idea of awareness. Get that antenna working. The second thing is the idea of action. A passage out of Proverbs says, a generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will himself be refreshed. And this idea of the refreshing, you know, it's not once and done. We don't shower once a year after a workout if we think we need to be cleaned up. It's an ongoing thing. We get to continually refresh. And we've now learned there's seven different ways to refresh others. And so this is something we get to do daily, weekly, and monthly. The the Formsma family decided that we wanted to regularly give to our church and put God first. A couple years back, I really don't like telling this story, but it's needed to tell you. Um, My wife thought I was writing the check to the church, and I thought she was writing the check. And so, you know what happens when that happens? No check to the church. Oops. So we said, we're going to fix this. And we went to the online giving deal. And it's been such a great way for us to want to regularly give to our church, put God first. And I actually had him put it in the, envelope, or the uh, bulletin for you because I went to your website. I did it in 54 seconds because I want to be a part of giving to Rock Church. And I, I, you can pick the campus that you go to to give to, or you can pick the online evangelist, which is what I picked. And I just would encourage you to consider that because I, I know we're, I'm with generous people. You want to do that, but life happens. So anyway, we decided also as a family, we want to create this kind of emergency giving fund that we could respond if something came our way. And we're always telling our kids, get, get that antenna work and we can't solve everything, but bring it to us. Let's figure this out. So one day my oldest son came to me and he said, dad, uh, my buddy just found out his father has two months to live. And uh, is there anything we can do? So we decided to get them a prepaid Visa card, thinking there's got to be some financial need that we don't know about. And so, sadly enough, two months went by and this man passed away. And uh, three weeks after that, a note came to our house and it said, Dear Brad and Laura, my husband Tom was pacing back and forth in the living room asking God to provide money so that he could put new tires on my car before he went to heaven. We live in Michigan and he wanted me to be safe on the snowy roads. The creator of the universe works through us to be a part of answering prayer. There are people who are praying that God would meet their needs. There are church leaders and different ministries that are praying, God, would you have someone ask us a question of how they can help us? And I'd encourage you to step into that. It's a powerful way. Lord, would you give me a vision for who I can help? Just be willing to ask the question, what do you need? You never know. I think it's such a powerful thing to think about how God trusts us to be a part of answering prayer. 
What I, what I didn't tell you is that six months earlier, I went to a doctor's office and was told that I had a rare form of leukemia, which is a blood cancer, and that I would have two, month, two years to live without a the expensive treatment. And so I looked back on that story and I thought, I think I would have chickened out had we not made that decision to want to live generously. And I, I challenge you to make that decision as a family to continue to grow in being generous. Because life has storms. It's not always up and to the right. And I think it's in those times that we get a chance to see and trust God in a whole new way. And, you know, my life flashed before my eyes that day. And I I would suspect you've had your life flash before your eyes. And if you haven't, you will. And, uh, you know, for me, I was able to go back to where's my hope? And my hope is in Jesus as my Savior. At age 28, I made that decision, Lord, have your way with me. I recognize I'm a sinner. I recognize that I need you in my life and that you're my savior. I believe that. I confess my sin to you. And the scary part about it is the previous 10 years, I was what I call a world-class make-believer. I had all this great stuff in my head, but I just hadn't turned around. I hadn't really surrendered. And then you get to bring the seven ways of the generous life to the doctor's office. So I drive up to UCLA quite regularly and you go there and they, they take all this blood and money from you. <laughs> I'm telling you, and the lady doing it, her name's Joy. Hey, have you ever met somebody who's got the wrong name for the job? <laughs> My boys were telling me the other day, you know, the guy that invented the toilet, now he had it right, Thomas Crapper was his name. <laughs> Just saying, you know, a little, sorry, Pastor Miles, I don't know if that one's gonna fly, we'll find out. <laughs> And my doctor, and he is a piece of work. And that's generous with my words. He, he knows everything, just ask him. And you know, one day, one day I went in his office and, I, and uh, I said, doc, I'm believing for a miracle that God's gonna heal me. And he's like, I like your shoes. And I'm like, we went from miracles to shoes. And then he starts talking about the buckle. And I'm like, getting a little weird. And then it gets a little, more weird because he's into this talking about the stitching. I wore him for you today. And so I decide to kind of divert it. Hey, well, what are yours like size 10? Oh, you think you're so smart. They're nine and a half. I'm like, you're so dumb. You just gave the giving guy the answer because I'm Dutch, but I like nice. So I drove straight to Nordstrom Rack and I walked down that aisle and there they were, a nine and a half. So I bought them. (laughs) And I brought him home and I wrote a note. I said, dear doc, thanks for using your God-given gifts to help a guy like me stay around a little longer. And then I think Jesus is okay with this second part, a little snarky. We'll find out later. These will help you be one step more like me. Oh, my word. I'm still in treatment. I'm still believing for a miracle. I still get to go see this doctor. And I get to 
smile and I get to affirm him. You know, he read my book. He said, you're nuts. You think that a generous world would be a better world for all of us. How many of you believe that? You believe that with me? Look at all these hands go up. Clearly my doctor's not here today. Okay, so (laughs) we get to be a part of giving. We get to be a part of being generous to someone else. And we take it with us through these storms of life. So we go from awareness into action. And the third and final thing I wanna share with you is the concept of impact. We never know how far one act of generosity will go. There's a passage in Matthew, Matthew 5, in the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. You see, the generosity of you at the Rock Church allows for the expansive ministry here. But I'll bet there's more that we can do and more ways we can let our light shine before others. In fact, one of my favorite ways to determine if it's a giving opportunity is just to ask a question. So one day I was getting my hair cut, you know, how you, they shampoo it and you're kind of tipped upside down and I'm thinking, I'm gonna ask my hairdresser as soon as I sit up, where do I get a widow? It came out a little funny. I was trying to figure out, is there a widow I could help? And so I explained that, and uh, <clears throat> words matter. And <laughs> she says, oh, I've got the perfect lady. Her name's Evelyn. She's 88. She's like this tall, flowing silver hair. Her husband passed away. Uh, she's actually going to start cutting back on her medicine. And so we decided as a family to start anonymously giving her money, thinking, well, we'll meet her in heaven. And then she turned 92. We're like, we should go meet her. So we go out for lunch and it was like instant friends, right? Because why? Because where your treasure is, your heart will be. Where it's like this, this connection. And then as our work at I Like Giving was expanding online and, and across the country with businesses, um, a publisher came to me and they said, you should write a book. And I said, no, I'm not your guy. I cheated in high school English. And, and they said, we can help people like you. These stories need to get out. So we, we reluctantly, we put this book together of 44 short stories that aren't all about money. And I went straight to Evelyn. And I just want to read you two sentences out of Evelyn's book here. Evelyn's story, rather. Tears ran down my cheeks, and I felt deeply grateful for this gift. And at that moment, I knew what I needed to do. You see, money is like a river. It's meant to keep on moving. Money's like a river. It's meant to keep on moving. Can I give these two to you, please, ma'am? I I like to give two away because you can give one, keep one. It it works. You're welcome. You're welcome. I like giving. (laughs) Yeah. I asked one question to a hairdresser, and I got a chance to meet an extraordinary friend. And we took a short video of her life, and I want to have your attention move now to the screen to meet Evelyn. How old are you? 97. 
I'll be 98 in October. <laughs> I live in a retirement community. And we used to have a bus here to take people to the grocery store twice a week. And they gave that bus up, I don't know why. So a lot of people were stuck around here. Like my neighbor Joyce, who was a very shy person. She said to me, well, if they don't get another bus, they'll find another place for me to live. And she says, I just don't want to go anywhere else. I said, Joyce, I'll get you to the grocery store every week. But I lost my driver's license because somebody thought I was too old. But I didn't have a mark against me at all. I was heartbroken at that. I really was. It made me feel old. It made me feel useless. I am a good driver. I really am. I, I'm not fearful when I drive, but I'm very careful. You're a hot rodder? No. Drag well, I drive 65, but I obey the rules, so I went to get it back. Oh, I love it. Isn't she awesome? <laughs> Woo! <laughs> oh. Generosity inspires generosity. All of us can ask a question. See where the Holy Spirit takes it. 12 million people have watched her story. Today she's in heaven, but her story continues on. Yeah, so good, yeah. <clears throat> so when I think about impact, I also think about how it affects our families and my 17-year-old son, Drew, who's going on 27, so a little parenting challenge there, uh, is with me today. And so I asked him to share a thought. So Drew, come on out. I want to share with you your perspective. Yeah. It is great to be here at the Rock Church. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Today, I want to share with you a little bit what it's been like for me being around the conversation of generosity, how it's really changed me, and how my friends have started to give because of it. I'll take you back to a story. I was on the back of the bus headed to golf practice one day, and I'm on the back of the bus, and I'm sitting there, and my friends started to poke fun at this kid that had a disability. And I sat there, and I didn't say anything. I didn't stick up for him. And that day I got off the bus and saw it disappear in the distance and I felt like I had a missed opportunity. I could have stuck, I could have stuck up for him or said something. And so fast forward two months, I'm sitting in my first day of high school and all these thoughts are going through my head. Am I going to make friends? Are there any cute girls? Am I going to get good grades? And then I felt like God put something on my heart that I was supposed to look out for that kid I didn't stick up for. Find someone to step into and be generous with my time and my influence. So I'm like, okay, God, I'm looking around, and this kid right next to me is like this tall. I'm like, oh my gosh, 
here he is. He's got thick glasses, and I could just tell, this is my guy. So I walk over. I'm like, hey, I'm Drew. And he's like, hey, I'm Tim. And then it got awkward. I'm like, oh my gosh, no. I hate awkward circumstances. And when I'm in one, I tell a joke like, why is a calendar so popular? He's like, I have no idea. I'm like, because it has so many dates. <laughs> I kept telling funnier jokes later. I'm obviously not a comedian. And so week after week, I just kept being nice to him. I'd see him in the hallways. Hey, Tim, have a good day. I'd sit with him at lunch, just be his friend. And a friendship started to happen. And then I started to see something amazing. One day, he was walking down the hallway, Tim, and my friend was walking from the other direction. And my friend put out his hand and said, hey, Tim, have a good day. I realized my one decision to step in to Tim's life was affecting my friends. They were starting to give. All they needed was someone to lead them. And that's what this generation takes. We all have people in our lives that we can step into. No, I didn't give him any money, but I was generous with my time. My influence, my small little sphere of influence, I was able to help him. I could have changed his life because of my one decision to take the spotlight off of Drew and onto others. And I believe we have people around us every day. Opportunities, like my dad said, we get to become aware and then we get to step into it. We get to do it ourselves. And so we get to step in or step out. We all get to make a decision, but this is something we all can play. We all can do this. And I have parents and grandparents, oftentimes after I speak, they come up to me and they're always asking, how do I bring this conversation into my grandkids? How do I show them this generosity thing? So I created an acronym, ME, M-E-E, -E, which is funny because it's not about me. Model, encourage, engage. It's in your bulletin. Model. When you model generosity to your kids, they'll follow. My dad followed in his grandpa's footsteps. I have followed in my parents' footsteps. I believe that when those seeds are planted, they're there forever. My dad talked about how even in his 20s, he had some rough patches, but those seeds were still there later in life and even created a business based on those seven ways. Amazing how those seeds were still there. Then encourage. Encourage your kids to give. But don't force it. That gets gross. You don't want to go there. Trust me. Then engage. Engage in this conversation. Share your stories around the dinner table. I run into kids all the time who they come up to me at school. They're like, hey, Drew, I don't even know what giving means. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I got some work to do. This generation needs to hear that it's so much more than just writing the big check. But it's something we all can do every day. This is something that we get to do. It's not something we have to do. I believe that this is something that we can take into our daily lives. And people often ask, how do I continue to engage this conversation? Maybe I would try for one month reading a story out of the I Like Giving book. And I even wrote my own book called Everyday Generosity for, for families to start embracing this culture of giving. It's so important. We've had, I had a guy earlier you're just buying a box because he's like, this is so important for my company. I'm like, okay, it's our, it's a privilege to give. We get to do this. I believe that in this community, in this culture, in this church, we can do this. It starts with your story. It starts with my story. It starts with our story. We get to do this and we get to be a part of this. I'm energetic and I can feel it out there too. And I want you all to remember.
I want you to remember, this is something we get to do every day, not just on Christmas morning or Thanksgiving, but we can make this a lifestyle for ourselves and for our families as well. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Woo, yeah. <laughs> oh, my word. I put a little note for you to see the rest of Evelyn's story in the bulletin or in the online deal. I like giving.com story because we want you to watch this with some friends or your family or in your office and discuss generosity. It doesn't often get talked about and it's, it's in all of us. We're, we're wired for this. So I'd encourage you to go there and check that out and other resources there. Just to, generosity inspires generosity. Stories and scripture coming together just do this in a powerful way. And I would just ask you to prayerfully consider asking the Lord repeatedly to reveal ways that you can be generous in these seven areas. We talked about getting our antenna working today. We talked about needs at the church. We talked about what happens. We have to move it into action. It can't just, just stay in the inspired space. We never know how far things will ripple out. You know, Evelyn, I licensed her story to National Geographic. They don't have any interest in Jesus, but there was this spirit to that woman and to that story. And now millions of kids in the coming years will see her story as an example of a, a generous life. It's so powerful. We all get to be a part of this. I'm going to pray in a moment, but I just want to say, when we look at the idea that we won't always hit it right and be perfect in living generously, I just think it's a better way to live. And we're modeling things. My grandpa modeled something to me he was far from perfect. And it got to my mom and then to me and then to Drew. And he's not perfect. I've got a nice sore hand, you know, because we were horsing around the other day. That's why you're going to see a funny clap like this, okay? Just being real. We don't have it all figured out. But we know this. We want you to experience the power of the generous life in your life and in your family. So would you join me in this closing prayer? Lord, we come to you today and we recognize that you're the most generous being. We recognize that you love the world so much that you gave us your son Jesus to die on the cross for our sins. What an extraordinary gift to us. And I know that there are people here today who have been observing the Christian life or maybe thinking that they were living the Christian life, but they hadn't surrendered their, their life to you. They hadn't said, Lord, have your way with me. And so if that's you, I'm going to ask you to pray with me. Lord, I admit that I'm a sinner. I believe that you're my savior. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. And I confess them to you and trust and believe that you, you are all that you say that you are. And I believe that the Holy Spirit will fill me 
from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. And if that's you on the count of three, I'd like you to stand. If you prayed that prayer with me. One, two, three.